0: I started seeing success as an entrepreneur when I started asking bigger, better questions like making a list of everything I have to do to flip a property, all of the things I have to do, and then asking myself a real simple question, how can I do none of this? Welcome
1: to Escape the Rat Race Radio. I'm your host, Christian Rodwell, and this is your ticket to escape the nine to five.
0: You're trying to get everything perfect. Before you take any action, you'll never get there. If you have to have all your questions answered, all your I's dotted, all your T's crossed, unfortunately, you're going to be a professional student. You're always going to be in that getting ready mode. Well, I'm getting ready to start my business. I'm getting ready to start my marketing. I'm getting ready to start making offers and talking to sellers. you got to get out of the getting ready mode. Stop asking what if and start making progress. Real simple step by step by step. And when you've got a good mentor, they can tell you, don't do this, do this next.
1: Hey, welcome to another episode of Escape the Rat Race Radio. My name's Christian Rodwell, and today I'm talking with Joe McCall. Now, Joe has flipped over 100 property deals and he's helped his students flip hundreds more. And he loves doing deals and coaching his students to do just the same. And Joe has been fortunate to receive more student testimonials than he can count. Now, Joe invests remotely in multiple markets and he loves creating automated marketing systems. And his teams have flipped multiple lease options and regular wholesale deals without him even seeing the house or talking to the sellers or the buyers ever. Now, Joe believes that the greatest part of this business is that he gets the privilege of working wherever and whenever he wants, be that from home, from Starbucks, the pool, a condo in Colorado, a coffee shop in Prague, or even a farmhouse in Ireland, wherever he chooses to be. And in today's conversation, I ask Joe what the difference is between the strategies that he uses to invest in property compared to the more traditional strategies that we may be more used to. I think you're really going to enjoy the conversation today. I certainly enjoyed it. So let's not wait around. Let's head on over now to my interview with Joe McCall. So welcome, Joe, to Escape the Rat Race Radio. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. How about you? I'm absolutely superb. Thanks for asking. And where in the world are
0: you right now, Joe? Christian, I am in St. Louis, Missouri. And uh, I'm not sure what percent of your listeners are from the U.S. or what percent are from uh, the U.K. But uh, w- I'm a huge St. Louis Cardinals fan, and uh, St. Louis Cardinals are our baseball team here. And um, but St. Louis is a great city. It's a great place to raise a family and uh, proud to be from St. Louis.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's cool. And I know you love to travel as well. And we're going to talk yeah. about this today and how, obviously, your business now gives you that freedom. And I know that that's what so many of our listeners are looking for as well. So let's get straight into this, Joe. But before we do, why don't you kick off and just give people a bit of a background as to who, who you are and what you do?
0: Yeah, real quick. I graduated uh, college in 2000, uh, the year 2000. And I had a degree in civil engineering and um, I grew up pretty poor. You know, we grew up in a trailer park. My dad was a janitor, hardworking, the hardest working guy I've ever known. Um, And he eventually started his own businesses and started cleaning businesses and had a large, probably one of the largest in the Midwest of the United States, uh, cleaning janitorial businesses. And uh, so I always had this entrepreneurial bug in me, even though we didn't, we grew up pretty poor. I didn't really know that we grew up poor because my dad took such good care of us. You know, we had all of our needs met. He was a great dad, but, uh, I knew I wanted to go to college. So I was kind of, I think I was the first in my family to pretty much to go to college and all that and, uh, got an engineering degree. Cause I've liked math. I like systems and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> shortly after college, I really got this, I got the property bug. You know, I really wanted to start investing in property And um, I read a Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. I read some other books, got excited about property. And so I thought, I want to do real estate. And um, I started buying courses and going to workshops and doing boot camps, um, really educating myself. I spent probably three to four years just really educating myself. Um, And I was kind of afraid to take action. I was in this analysis paralysis uh, mode for the longest time because I was afraid to to take action. I wanted to work for myself. I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to um, escape the rat race, but I was afraid to take that initial step. And I had a good paying job. You know, I had a comfortable job. So in 2009, uh, so I'd been working in corporate America for nine years. I got really tired and frustrated with being sitting in a cubicle all day. Um, Even though I was working on different job sites, I was traveling. I got tired of That fear of, you know, what if they let me go? If they fired me, I would be um, screwed. You know, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Um, I don't control my own destiny. If they fired me, uh, I could probably find another job, right? But it would be, I might have to move. I I have to go wherever they send me. Um, I'd rather work from home, and I'd rather set my own schedule. Uh, So, right about the same time, there is a there's a book called Life in There. And I read this book, Instead of Millionaire, It's life Air. And um, I joined their coaching program because the guy, one of the guys who started it is here in St. Louis. And they started teaching something that really kind of flipped my um, mind a little bit because they started talking about creating a vision for your life first and then designing a business around that. So most of us have our business or our job kind of at the center of us, our lives, and then our life fits around that, you know? What if we flipped the switch and what if we created what our life what we want our life to look like and then build a business around that that supports that? So um, I started doing some real estate investing and in 2009 with for in three months consecutively, I was making more money do, flipping property than I was in my full-time job and I was doing about I was making about eighty 75 80000 dollars a year at the time. So for three months consistently I was making more money um but i was working extremely hard i was working 50 60 hours a week on my job and then working nights and weekends trying to do the property thing so that's when i with my wife on board quit my job in in the spring of 2009 but i was real intentional because i re- i wanted to live i didn't want a business that controlled me i didn't want to replace my job with a new job so we, my wife and i talked you know we we wanted to we wanted to homeschool our kids so that we could travel Um, it's not that we're anti-public schools, we're just so pro-homeschool because of the freedom that gives us. Um, I wanted to have a job where I could work from home with low overhead, not many employees. I wanted the freedom, the flexibility to travel. Um, And then I wanted a business that was completely virtual. I didn't have to have an office. I didn't have to have staff in the office. Um, I could operate my entire business from a laptop and a cell phone. And so, you know, over the, since 2009, we've traveled to Europe twice for two to three months at a time. Kind of, we love Prague. Um, so we were kind of based in Prague and then would travel all around Europe. Um, and so we've done that twice, had a blast. And then we got an RV and went for three months around the Northwestern corner of the U S went to like 10 different national parks with our kids and our dogs. So I have four kids and, uh, was able to do, Property investing while traveling around uh, Europe and in an RV. And I just love this business because it allows me that kind of flexibility. So, in the meantime, as well, I know this is a long introduction. Is this okay? (laughs) It's absolutely great. I'm sorry. Uh, Just one final thing I'll say is um, I started uh, getting a passion to teach this stuff and help coach other people to do the same thing. So, um, I started creating courses and created a podcast and started coaching other people to do the same thing I'm doing. And it's pretty cool now because I've got hundreds and hundreds of testimonials of people saying, hey, Joe, you've made an impact in my life. I'm doing the same thing you were doing before. Now I'm traveling with my family. Um, I'm able to work from home and spend more time with my kids. I'm, I'm making more money than I was before without losing my nights and weekends. So that, that gets me all excited, and I'm passionate about what I do. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I knew a I
1: knew bit of your backstory, Joe, but um, to hear you actually explain it there, I think that is just going to resonate with pretty much everyone listening right now. I think you've summed up what in many people's eyes is the perfect life, is the income is there, the freedom's there, the time, the travel and, you know, we run a lot of workshops here um in london and property is always a popular topic people are really really interested in property but one of the mis- or oh, there's so many misconceptions one of them obviously being that you know you need a whole bucket load of cash to get started and i think we can probably tuck into some of those uh, as we progress Started out in property have the idea that it was going to lead to everything that it has done today? Or when you just started out, did you think, Hey, it might just bring
0: in an additional
1: income stream alongside what you already had?
0: That's a great question. Um, well, let me just say this too. I mean, I am living the life, but I still have to work. You know, uh, if I don't work, I don't make money, but now it's on my terms, right? Like I get to do what I want. I, 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 I remember, um, we were in Colorado in near Breckenridge in the mountains. And, uh, we were with some friends and my, my wife and I said, Hey, let's just stay another week. And, uh, I, this is, this is only a few months after I quit my job. And we said, okay, yeah. And it hit me like, Oh my gosh, I don't have to ask my boss if it's okay. If I take an extra week of vacation, I don't have to worry about how many vacation days I have left. I know you people in Europe, you get a lot more vacation than we do in the U S <laughs> only a few more days, perhaps nothing major, <laughs> <laughs> maybe in different countries in, in Europe, but like, I was lucky to have two weeks a year, right? I mean, that's really good. Mm. Um, so I don't have to ask my boss for another day off. I don't have to worry about how many personal days I have left or how many sick days I have left. Um, I can just do it. And I had my laptop with me, so I could I could do that. So we uh, we stayed another week in a different part of Colorado near Winter Park, and uh, just it, I loved that the fact that I could have that freedom. But I still had to work. So even though I was traveling, I had my laptop. And uh, I took three to four hours out of my day to get some work done um, to 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 talk to some people, make some calls, send some offers, uh, do some podcasts and all of that. So mm. I'm still working, um, but I'm not working.'m I'm, I'm working maybe 30, 40 hours a week, some week some weeks more, some weeks less, but I can work from anywhere in the world that I want. I have so many friends and students that I've helped that are working from Costa Rica or Panama um, that are like I have one guy. Uh, who's from South Carolina, um, was doing a bunch of deals in South Carolina, but he's a musician and he loves to play. So he moved to LA because the, the there's more opportunity to to perform and and play for bands and do shows in LA. But he's still doing deals in Southern Cal, uh, uh, South Carolina, uh, still doing deals there, and he travels to Europe. He loves. The, he loves food, right? So he he, he loves uh, the the different food that he can get in Spain and in Italy and in France specifically. So he's he's able to still do his business while traveling around Europe. Uh, that's what I that's what I love and that's what I'm so passionate about. Does that
1: did that answer yeah. your question? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay. And and one of the things you've become really well known for now, Joe. You obviously have your own podcast and and a very successful book that you released as well. Now it's creative property strategy. So I want to, I want to dig around and see what exactly is the difference between some of the strategies which you have focused on, which have proved really successful for you and your students compared to what most people think about when they think of property investing.
0: Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, Cause I've done, I've done three different workshops in Spain with people from England. That were uh, we were teaching them how to do property investing in the UK, uh, virtually or remotely, um, and so the, the 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 principles are really the same. We just call things different different names. Um, so the idea of a lease option that, that's one of my favorite strategies. A lease option is where you lease a property for a period of time with an option to buy it in the future. Okay. And, and, and what, what I typically like to do is I'll, I'll find a seller or property owner that, has, that is willing to do a lease option on their house. I'll get it under a contract and then I'll flip or assign that contract to somebody else for a fee. That's as simple as it is. So I don't put any money into the deal. I'm not buying the deal. I'm not obligating myself to make the payments. Um, I get a property under a contract to either buy or lease option and I flip or sell that contract or assign that contract to another investor, maybe the, the, the tenant buyer who's gonna live in the house or somebody else, and I flip that contract or sign it for a fee. Um, now, how it's done in England, you know, there's other guys that teach this stuff specifically um, in England and how to do it there, but uh, I've coached students and people from England how to do deals in England um, and how to do deals from England in the United States. Um, You can flip vacant land. I flipped vacant. We're still doing that today where we will buy uh, three to five acre lots in the middle of nowhere, um, Colorado or nowhere, Oregon uh, in the, in the desert. And um, there's, believe it or not, there's people that want that property. So we'll buy it for super cheap, 15, 20 cents on the dollar, and we'll sell it for maybe 50, 60 cents on the dollar and uh, we'll just flip these contracts. Sometimes we'll actually hold them and sell them with owner financing or seller financing. And um, so there's so many different ways you can do this business. It's just the language kind of changes, or maybe there's different, like we have attorneys in the US, you have solicitors, right, in England. Um, We call it real estate, you call it property. Um, I say virtual, like virtual wholesaling, you might say remote property flipping. So anyway, that's, there's a lot of different uh, uh, ways to, to look at it and to do deals. Um, here's my advice to somebody in England who's wanting to do property flipping in England, find somebody else who's doing it, you know, and, and approach them and say, Hey, listen, um, how can I help you grow your business and make more money? All right. Don't come at it at an, from an approach of like, Hey, can we have some coffee? Can I pick your brain for a little bit? I don't know if that's a, if that's an English term, yes. <laughs> pick, it sounds kind of gross, but, <laughs> but we, can I pick your brain a little bit? We say in the US, can I just take you out for some coffee and, and ask you a bunch of questions just for a few minutes? Really what they mean is like, can I ask you a million questions for three hours? And can you teach me everything that you've spent tens of thousands of dollars in education and trial and error, blood, sweat, and tears, and teach me all that for free? Well, what I'm talking about is find somebody that's already doing this business, and say, hey, listen, how can I help you grow your business? How can I help you make more money? I want to learn this business, but how can I help you? And you might find somebody who says, yeah, you know what? Maybe you can do a bunch of free marketing for me. Or maybe you can uh, do all of this work for me, and I'll teach you as you work for me for free. And so that you can find somebody already doing this, and maybe there's a bunch of marketing that you can do for them for free. Or maybe there's you can um, help them with uh, taking pictures of properties or maybe you can help them with their online advertising or help them with their social media stuff with their websites, whatever you can do to help them for free, they're going to appreciate that. They're going to love you for that and they're going to actually then be more willing to, to coach you and help you. Does that make sense?
1: It does. And I'm really, really so pleased that you've brought that point up because it's it's crucial for any business. That's not just if you want to get into property. It's find someone who's already doing the stuff you want to do, who already has the business that you'd like to have yourself, and find out how you could be a value. And and you're so you're so correct with what you say there. And um, that's again why it's important to understand yourself and get your mindset right and and understand where you can deliver value because it may be as easy as just connecting or introducing that person to someone that can help them as well, and that's a value to them. And then they're gonna yeah. they're gonna show you a little bit more of how they how they've built their business, and um, that's where the opportunities come from.
0: That's a good point. Really yeah, good.
1: Yeah. So I'd love to know, Joe, what's your definition of an entrepreneur? And and do you see yourself as a, as a property entrepreneur these days? Hmm. Yes.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, I jokingly say that a definition of an entrepreneur is somebody that finds something that works and does it for a little bit and then quits doing it and does something else. And that's not a good definition, but it sometimes is because as entrepreneurs, it's so easy to chase shiny objects, you know, mm-hmm. like, and we find this cool thing and we want to do that and we chase it and then we get distracted or we get uh, bored by it and we go do something else. So an entrepreneur sometimes is somebody that's always chasing something new, a new opportunity, right? Um, but the smart entrepreneurs are focused. And uh, I always say focus makes you rich and shiny objects make you blind. So um, I am an I am an entrepreneur. I, I, I have my fingers in two or three different businesses right now. Um, but I'm always constantly trying to bring things back into focus, um, and, and really look at the 80, 20 principle of what, what is that 20% of my business that gives me 80% of my results and really trying to hone in and focus on that and become better at it. You know, mm. um, that, that is the definition of an entrepreneur. I, I think, um, it's somebody that is doing something they're passionate about and that's making a difference in their community and, um, is, is, uh, trying to be the best person they can with that.
1: Yeah. And we talk as well about the difference between the employee mindset and an entrepreneurial mindset. Employee mindset is very much, you turn up to work, you do the minimum amount you need to do in order to get paid every month. And and you kind of get that ingrained. And sometimes that goes on for many, many years. And it's very difficult then to change your way of thinking, to start looking outside of the box yeah. to find solutions. When you were so-called stuck in a rat race, Joe, and then you started learning and educating yourself in property, did you find that people around you, even friends and family, were thinking that you were taking risks with the property and even trying to hold you back, maybe looking out for your best interest, but in a way kind of pulling you back from actually chasing your dreams. and
0: Uh, Maybe a little bit, but not much, you know, because I had already proven to them that I could do property while still working in my job. So I already had the track record before I actually quit. Um, So that's, yeah, I I think that um, that was important. And I tell people today, you know, don't don't just quit your job to do something completely new. Um, you need to prove that it actually works for you while you're still have your job. I mean, I have a, a client I was just talking to yesterday. Um, he's working for full time, making four or five thousand dollars a month. Okay, working extremely hard, and he's already doing deals. And so um, he's wanting to quit his job, but excuse me, uh, he just needs to get some systems in place and. Uh, so I've been, I've been working with him. like, okay, let's, let's make sure that these deals that you have been doing are going to be consistent because he only needs to make like four or $5,000 a month to be able to replace his income. Man, once you learn this business, you can do that in your sleep practically. Right? So, uh, he just needs to, it'd be foolish for him to quit his job now, but he just, I told him, I said, you should get at least three months of where you're, you're consistently doing deals to replace your income. And then quit your job. Right. That's kind of what, how I did it. And that's what I recommend to people.
1: Yeah. Does that makes sense. Yeah, most definitely. And, um, you know, escaping the rat race is is kind of a different thing for every person. But absolutely, I, I would second what you say that don't just jump ship without proving the, the model, the system that, that you're working on can generate the income because you don't want to put yourself or your family in jeopardy. So absolutely you know, agree. That
0: reminds me of something else I was thinking about when you asked the question, if I don't, if you don't sure. mind me saying. Uh, I, uh, um, I I started seeing success as an entrepreneur when I started asking bigger questions. And my biggest breakthroughs have come in my business when I started asking better questions, bigger, better questions, like making a list of everything I have to do to flip a property. Okay, all of the things I have to do and then asking myself a real simple question, how can I do none of this, right? How can I, because I believe there's three keys to success in this business. Marketing, We're not. I'm not in the property business, I'm in the marketing business, right? I'm not in the podcast business, I'm in the marketing business. Number two, automation. Marketing, automation, which are systems and delegation. So whatever you can automate, you delegate out. So you need to be thinking in those three terms of marketing, automation, and delegation. And so an entrepreneur is looking at a business and what they want to do and asking themselves questions like, how can I get someone else to do all of this for me? How can I build a business with a team and the systems in place where leads are coming in automatically because marketing is so important in this, right? So getting marketing set up, I like to call it done for you in spite of you. So the marketing is going out every day for you in spite of you, and then getting the systems in place to handle the leads. And then getting whatever you can't automate with systems, you delegate out to virtual assistants or something like that. Right. So I started asking myself questions, like, because I was, even though I, even after I quit my job, I was working way too hard. I mean, I was still putting out fires, I was still answering too many questions and helping too many people. And I didn't have any time to like really focus on what I was passionate about. And I was feel like I had another job. So I made a list of all the steps and I asked myself, how can I do none of this? And I started thinking about okay, well, I can get a VA to do this. I can create a system to do this. I can get somebody else to do this, or another company to do this. And pretty soon, I've automated a hundred percent of this process for doing these types of deals. I've have I have systems and people in place to do it for me. That's when I started traveling a lot more, and I started thinking this is amazing. Like I'm still managing the business, right? It's I'm still involved with phone calls, but I have somebody else doing this stuff for me. And that's when I really kind of broke free from the day to day operations side of this and was able to do more teaching and coaching through my podcast and stuff and help other people. While my real estate business kind of runs without me, I'm still involved a little bit, but like that's, I think for anybody, no matter what your business is, think about those bigger questions. How can I get this done for me in spite of me? How can I do none of this stuff? And that will start really churning your brain. Like I'm making less profit per deal but I'm doing more deals. I'm actually making more money than I was when I was involved in the day-to-day stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, it sure does. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm probably
1: uh, guessing on behalf of those listening right now, they're like, okay, how do I get started? You know, what's the next step? And so I want to ask the big question, which is money, right? Because when we talk about real estate and property, people always think, hey, you need a lot of money to get started. So answer that question for us, Joe, from your experience. (laughs)
0: You don't need a lot of money. You need some money for marketing, but the way I like to do property is, um, I will get it under contract with a seller, and uh, I might have to only put down ten dollars, a hundred dollars, quid. I think it's what you guys say, right? I may have to only put a hundred quid uh, on the down on the property to um, get it under contract, because uh, t- t- typically in 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 most Western countries, right, you've got to have a consideration for a contract to be valid, right? There's got to be some kind of money. So I might put a hundred quid down to get this contract valid. And then I'm going to have 30 days to close or 60 days to actually close. And I'm fully disclosing this to the homeowner. I'm telling him, listen, I'm, um, I'm not going to be living in the property. Okay. I'm going to find somebody else to live in the property and I may decide to stay in the middle or I may decide to sell my contract to somebody else. Okay. But I'll let you know. And the, the other little minor detail of what I do is I don't tie up the property, right? So if the if the owner sells or rents the property before I do, they can just cancel my contract and they don't owe me anything. So there's no risk to them, okay? Now, while I have it under contract, I'm going to go out and try to find somebody else to sell my contract to. And so um, I may find an investor that wants to take my place. I may find a, a tenant buyer that's going to actually live in the house in my, you know, in my place, and so I'm just going to sell my contract to them. So I never. Rockefeller said the secret to wealth is to own nothing and to control everything. Okay, own nothing, control everything. That's why I love lease options so much because I can control valuable real estate through paper contracts, um, but I don't own it. So um, sometimes I will um just flip the contract sometimes i'll stay in the middle of the lease option deal and uh, i don't want to go too deep into that but like um i i'm just controlling the property i'm not owning it do you, do you understand the difference
1: yeah I absolutely do and when i first quit the rat race myself Four years ago, actually, I set up a property sourcing business myself, so oh, I, I have some experience with that. And even um, securing contracts for for one pound, right? Um, so oh, yeah, yeah. just uh, putting one quid down, and uh, and as you say, then you go to your either your list of investors and um, and find find a buyer. Yeah, find
0: a match. Property property sourcing. That's right. Because we call it wholesaling. <laughs> yeah, wholesaling. You call it property sourcing, but it's a wonderful way to get started in the business. Yeah, and you may find a really good deal and you just keep it for yourself, maybe you then go buy it, you go get some bank financing, go get a loan from the bank or something to buy it. But like, you can just cherry pick the deals. Um, the successful property sourcers, right? Um, they're, they understand marketing and, and they're always doing marketing. They're finding the best deals and you may decide to keep some of them for yourself. Some of them else, some of the other ones you can just sell to somebody else and get rid of. Yeah. Um, but that's that's one of the my favorite ways to make money in property. Hi, it's Christian here, and I just want to let you know that my brand
1: new book, Sack Your Boss, The Ultimate Guide to Escape Your 9-to-5, is now available worldwide. If you have reached that point in your job where you're thinking enough is enough and you don't want to be sitting behind that same desk in 12 months' time, then this book is your first step towards freedom. So head on over to www.sackyourbossbook.co.uk and pick up your ultimate guide to escape your nine-to-five. You've touched on marketing automation, um, you know, delegation there and outsourcing. Just, you know, re-emphasize why is... This kind of property, creative property uh, investing, such a good option for someone who's who's time poor relatively because they're working full time. Why why would you say that this is a good strategy over you know setting up a business in the traditional methods?
0: Oh boy! Well, in the in the United States, um, I don't know how big franchises are in England, um, but in the United States, they're very big, and it's really discouraging because you see people considering. Spending two hundred thousand dollars on a franchise, maybe selling subway sandwiches. Well, subway's gonna be way higher than that, but maybe selling uh, a frozen yogurt or something like that. There's a lot of franchises that have huge fees. like you've got to have you got to pay them two hundred thousand dollars. You've got to have five hundred thousand dollars cash in the bank. And really, what you're doing is buying yourself another job because they have requirements that you have to work in the store. And you might be, on average, the average franchise owner makes like 35 dollars $40,000 a year. It's ridiculous. And so these are people that want to quit the rat race, but they're really just replacing their with their old job with another job that's worse. Like requires so much more money, so much more risk, so much more time. Where the, And now they're working with minimum wage people. And I'm not knocking minimum wage people, but like – Um, Now they're just kind of glorified babysitters where they're working with, uh, you know, teenagers um, scooping ice cream or something like that. So uh, that definition of a job or entrepreneurship is crazy. Like you shouldn't be spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to make a franchise where you're going to be working 60, 70 hours a week and you're only going to be making net take home at the end of the day of maybe $40,000. That just makes no sense at all. Um, so I love property investing because it, uh, uh, I'm not really buying a franchise. If I'm investing anything, it's just, inv- I'm investing in my education and knowledge. There's good podcasts out there. There's YouTube videos. There's maybe a few people that have really good uh, education courses that you can buy. Maybe there's some mentors and coaches that you can help get pay for, but you're going to pay way less than your typical franchise fee. Right. Um, and so. Uh, getting a good coach or a mentor is going to be able to show you, uh, th- this is a good way to go find leads. This is a good way to find buyers. This is the right contracts and paperwork to use. Here's a good solicitor that you should use for these deals. Here's a good background screening company that you should use. Um, so, uh, does that make sense? Did I answer the question?
1: <laughs> yeah, it does. It, it does for sure. And um, I think you've emphasized there the importance of getting the right education, but not only educating yourself, because so many people spend years going to seminars, reading books, but they're never taking that first step and oh. actually action is what's important.
0: That, here, let me say something to that, because this is so important. There's this phrase I like to use called progress, not perfection. Okay, if you because like with my engineering background, I used to overanalyze everything. I figured like in math and calculus, you've got there's there's one problem and there's one solution to that problem. And there's one way to get to that solution. Right. And but in business, it's not like that. Every problem is different. There may be multiple solutions. There is going to be multiple paths to that same solution. So when you're dealing with property, every house is different. Every seller is different every buyer is different. So you've got to throw out the, if if you're overanalyzing everything, you're going to get in trouble. Um, so that was my problem. Um, sometimes you just got to jump off the building and figure out how to fly as you're falling. And, and I know that sounds counterintuitive, you know, like that's not what they're going to teach you at MBA school when you get your MBA. Um, and I got my MBA, but, uh, where you're going to find success is saying, all right, I'm gonna take the next step. I'm gonna stop asking what if, and I'm gonna start asking what next. And and so I really try to encourage people like, stop worrying about all the different possible scenarios. Stop worrying about steps seven and eight, just focus on steps one and two. Stop overanalyzing, stop asking all these what if questions, trust the system, take the first step, and then ask yourself what next. So it's progress, not perfection. If you're trying to get everything perfect before you take any action, you'll never get there. If you have to have all your questions answered, all your I's dotted, all your T's crossed, unfortunately, you're going to be a professional student. You're always going to be in that getting ready mode. Well, I'm getting ready to, to start my business. I'm getting ready to start my marketing. I'm getting ready to start making offers and talking to sellers. Um, you got to stop get get out of the getting ready mode. Stop asking what if. And start making progress, real simple, step by step by step. Yeah. And when you've got a good mentor, they can tell you, okay, don't do this, do this next, right? Um, does that make sense? Progress, not perfection. Everybody listening to this needs to write that down. <laughs> uh, and 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 um, don't think that everything has to be perfect. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna find success as you make mistakes. As you fail, that's how you're going to succeed. Yeah. And anybody that's successful that's been on your podcast has failed multiple times. I promise. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I absolutely. have. Yeah, you're yeah, absolutely right. And do you have any, any, I know you have hundreds of fantastic testimonials and case studies. Do you have one or two that spring to mind of a case in point where someone has just maybe not really had all the information, but they've just gone out and they've just gone applied to what they did know? And how quickly can someone have success doing these creative
0: strategies? I got a lot of them. Um, one guy in particular that I liked a lot, uh, he sent me a picture of him with his family camping in an RV. And um, he was out in some national park on a two-month trip. And uh, he told me, uh, cause I'd known him about a year, a uh, year and a half. And he sent me a message. He said, Joe, um, it was about a year ago that I was listening to this crazy guy on some podcast talking about how he was doing deals while in his RV traveling around the country. And I didn't believe him. I thought it was BS. And here I am doing the same thing right now. Um, and I, I love stories like that, like, because now this is a guy who, um, is able to have more freedom, spend time with his family. Not like when I was creating that vision for my life that I talked about at the beginning, I I didn't want to live the retired lifestyle and travel the world when I was 65, when my kids were out of the house um, and I was old and and grouchy. Like I wanted to travel the world with my wife while my kids were living with us in the house, right? Like, so, because we homeschool, uh, w- w- I-, I don't want to teach them about ancient Greek history from a book. I want to take them to Athens. I want to show them the Parthenon. Uh, I want to show them uh, the European history from Prague while we're living in this building that was built in the 1100s or whatever. Like, I want I want them to see the world now while we can still take them, you know, and like when we were traveling around, uh, the United States, we were able to take them to the national parks and, and, uh, the national parks in the U S are amazing. There's a lot of really good education and they really teach you, they teach little kids, um, you know, how to, pres- how to be uh, more environmentally conscious, uh, how to treat their environment with respect. And you get to go out there and you see these hundreds, uh, of really, really tall trees or, uh, mountains and lakes and wildlife, and they learn how to appreciate, um, uh, the earth that God's given us and like how to respect it and treat the environment with respect. So, um, that kind of knowledge I wanted to give to, um, to my kids, and, and that's what it is, it is so exciting. Yeah, and I, I think it's
1: truly inspiring, Joe, and I'm, I'm sure that everyone listening now will feel the same. Um, unfortunately, our time is flown yeah. by, I knew it would, but before you do go, Joe, I'd love to ask you for your final words for those who are listening right now who may be stuck in that traffic jam on their way to work or cramped up, squashed on the tube, on the underground in London, heading to the office, and they know that there's something more within them. They know that they want to build a business of their own and have this freedom that you've you've talked about for yourself, but something is holding them back, and most likely it's fear. What would you like to say to those people listening right now?
0: Hmm, that's a great question, and I wasn't prepared for that. Um, I think for me what really helped me the most was creating a vision for my life. Like, what did I want my life to look like? If money was not an object, okay, just write this down. Start thinking about it. if money is not an object, what would I do? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every day of the week. Okay. Put it on a calendar. You know, every morning I'd have breakfast with my wife or breakfast with my kids. I would go on a date with my wife once a week. Um, we would go traveling every three months for a couple weeks. Um, so design your ideal lifestyle. Okay. And what would you, what's important to you? Do you want to give to charity? Do you want to uh, give back to the community? Do you want to spend more time traveling or sitting at home at at the local, what do you call it? You don't have as many Starbucks as you do the Costas, is that right? Costa, yes. Co- Costa. Uh, so like, I just want to work from Costa all day. Um, so what is that? What's important for you? What's what's like that gets you really excited? And then think about, okay, now what kind of business can I do I have to have that would support this lifestyle, this vision? And you may find there's a crazy thing that I get excited about. Uh, when you create a vision for your life, put a dollar figure on that. And you'll be surprised how much little money you need to actually live the lifestyle of your dreams, especially if you have zero debt, right? So I would focus on getting rid of eliminating as much debt as you can, but you may find like I did, like, man, if I want to travel three or four times a year, I want to work from home. I want to live, like we have three acres that's surrounded by trees um, in St. Louis, beautiful. And uh, this was exactly what we wanted. Like, um, how much would it cost to live here? Like, if I want to, maybe I don't need to buy a boat. I can just rent a boat. Maybe I don't want to buy that cabin in the, in the mountains. I'll just rent a cabin, right? Um, we don't have to buy that fancy car. I can just get a normal, comfortable car. And if I'm traveling, then I can rent a really nice car while I'm traveling or whatnot. Like, um, so putting a dollar figure on what you want your life to look like, it'll be really low. Like if you had zero debt, uh, there's another saying, saying we like to, s- some people say in the U.S., like you can live really high on the hog. Does that make sense? Like you can live really, really high on the hog on just seven or $8,000 a month. You can live very comfortably if you had zero debt on just eight grand a month, maybe $10,000 a month. And if you had zero debt, so what kind of business would you need to have to make $10,000 a month? Well, in property investing, I'd only need to do one or two deals a month. That's it. And if I'm doing coaching or selling products online or whatever, I only need to sell a couple products a month to do that. Or So it's like, ah, oh, so I don't have to work 50, 60 hours a week, even as an entrepreneur for myself. I don't have to work uh, t- uh, way too many hours to live the vision for my life. You may find, you may think like I've got to have $2 million in the bank by the time I'm 60 years old to retire and live comfortably. I question that. Like maybe you don't. Why do you have to wait until you're 65 before you can retire and live comfortably? Why don't you design what you want your life to look like today, then design a business and 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 it, it doesn't have to be um, – that complicated does that make sense what i'm Mm -hmm.
1: saying yeah most definitely does start with the end in mind and and work back and yeah i I agree often you'll be surprised you think oh i need a million pounds but you often don't need anywhere near that to to have a good life
0: and and if you're if you're buying and holding property where you're you're holding property for the cash flow you know Mm -hmm. um you look at okay well i need five thousand dollars to meet all of my expenses that may only be 10 to 20 properties right so you don't have to um you don't th- you don't think that you have to have hundreds of properties um, or millions of dollars. No, you you can live a lot simpler uh, today. I hope that makes sense what yeah, I'm saying.
1: Yeah. no, that's that's wonderful. And I know we've really only scratched the surface of all of these strategies that you've learned and your amazing knowledge, Joe. So for people listening who want to find out a bit more, maybe check out your podcast. Where're the best places online for them <laughs> to uh, grab some more of your content?
0: Yeah, so I have a podcast called the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast, Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Um, I actually did a podcast for a few months with a guy from England, Tom Wade. It's called the Remote Property Flipping Podcast. We haven't updated it in a couple of years, but you can still find 10 or 12 episodes of that. But my main podcast, um, we have, it's crazy. We've got listeners in over 180 different countries, um, and I've been doing it since 2011, um, 660 something episodes. But if you go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, uh, you'll find the podcast there. Or you can just look at Google play iTunes and any of those and find my podcast. I also have a little book. Let me just give a quick plug. You can get this book for free. Um, and I can ship it out to you. You just pay shipping and handling. I'm I'm 90% sure you can buy it if you're from England. Um, but if you want my book on wholesaling lease options, uh, you go to WLO book.com WLO book.com. Dot com.
1: Yeah. That's fantastic. And I'll make sure I share all of those links in today's show notes. And I should say for anyone listening on iTunes right now, we are recording this on video. So check out the video of uh, myself and Joe talking today. And uh, you can find that on your Skate the Rat Race website as well. So Joe, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you yeah. today. And thanks, for thanks a lot for sharing those insights and inspiring our listeners. And I wish you all the very best for the rest of 2018. And, uh, you know, next time you're in Europe, maybe our paths will cross.
0: I'd look forward to that. I'd love to come out there. I've been thinking a lot more about that. Um, my wife and I were just talking about going to Colorado for a month uh, next summer. Maybe I can talk her into also going to Europe for a month. I don't know. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd love to be able to do that. Yeah, you'd be most welcome. Yeah.
1: Thanks a lot, Joe. Take care. We'll Thank you. We'll speak again soon. Hey,
0: let me, can I add one thing here? Yeah. I, I would love to have an excuse to come out to Europe sometime soon. So if anybody listening to this is looking to get a speaker... For maybe an event or a workshop that you're doing, I don't know. I just this just came up to my mind. Uh, reach out to me, and uh, maybe there will be an opportunity. Yeah. I'd love to have an excuse to travel out there and speak. That, that would be good. so cool.
1: That sounds good. I'll sure put the word out there to uh, <laughs> to a few people on your behalf. All right, All right Joe. Thank thanks so much. Well, I really hope you enjoyed that conversation there with Joe, and I hope that has given you a real taste for what is possible when you get your head around some of these creative property strategies that exist. And if you're interested to find out more, then of course, do check out the show notes where I've put links to everything that we discussed today, including how to get your copy of Joe's Lease Options book. But also don't forget to head on over to the Escape the Rat Race private Facebook group where you can also ask questions and connect with others in the UK and from around the world who are doing property right now and are very, very experienced with some of those strategies that we have talked about today. So exciting news. It is the first podcast I've recorded since the release of my book, Sack Your Boss, The Ultimate Guide to Escape Your 9-to-5. And I just want to say a massive thank you to everybody around the world who supported me on the launch day. We got to number one Amazon bestseller in the UK, which was absolutely amazing. And I just thank you so much and really, really hope that if you've got your copy, that you are going to find so much within there to help you get clear on the right strategy the right path for you to follow so that you can escape your 9 to 5 and make 2019 your best year ever if you haven't yet got your copy then you can head over to http your boss. okay that's it for me until next week see ya